Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast. Every two weeks, we come together, we watch an anime when we're not together, and then we come together officially and talk about the anime that we watched when we were not together. That, that wasn't how, confusing at all. That's how, that's how no, it was. I was perfect there. <laughs> With the idea that our audience will then come together <laughs> and discuss it better than we did. Uh, Can and... we just get to the part where you insult me? Yeah. Um... Favorite part. <laughs> We watched the 3D CG anime Kamara Kusa. <laughs> that was pretty close. That, that's actually pretty good. How do you yeah. I, how do you say it? I'm never gonna I'm never gonna say it right. Uh, I just go from the video, the intro video, where he says it really fast. Kamara Kusa. Kamara Kusa. Living my life in the Kamara Kusa. That one. Yeah. Basically, okay. there you go. Yeah. That. Okay. That's the name of it. Uh, that means uh, plant smoke, apparently. <laughs> Which doesn't... Anyway, we're not going to worry about it. <laughs> Let me introduce my co-host who will help me discuss it. We have Jeremy. How are you doing? Wow! That was so bland! <laughs> Guys, normally I take the anime we watch and I find something that relates to it, that's like it, and then I use that for uh, introduction and entertainment. There's nothing like this. <laughs> well, I guess we could say that it's it, this is a starkly unique introduction just by its contrast to all the others. So in that way, it's it's unique. Ed Norton to my Tyler Durden. <laughs> well, that actually works. How, how is this like Fight Club? Like no, in the like you know subverted expectations and stuffs going on yeah. that you're not aware of until oh later. okay. Yeah. Subverted and, and expectations? Maybe... I got just the one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Jeremy, how are you doing? Oh, oh. Well, I was doing great. Uh, um, no, I'm, I'm doing good. I've been uh, making some fun games for the, the classes and having people test them. So that has been a blast. Yep. You guys, you guys have done me uh, wonderful service testing some of the games, and I'm going to have a whole bunch more for you. I beat Jason's high score. <laughs> Did you use cheat mode? There's a cheat mode? There's a cheat mode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a cheat mode. Well, of course I programmed a cheat mode in. Come on, I'm from the 90s. <laughs> oh, I, I, you have to do up, up, down, down? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it turned out Jason understood the game a lot better, and I feel like he just did like the bare minimum to beat the level while I was just like spinning and flying around and blasting everything, so I got points. As soon as I started moving, it was over for me. Just... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was hoping at some point to actually bring in a module that would let you use reverse thrusters, but I just ran out of time. So, fair enough. You die. Uh, we also have the other co-host, Jerkface Jason. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not everything has to change. Well, I know you don't care, Troy, but Blight League and Path of Exile has been fantastic. Um, and I am still steaming along. It's, uh, yeah, it's the quality of life changes and just the overall, uh, 
uh, mechanics are super fun. Very cool. I wish I had time I'd play it. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, they addressed Endgame very, very well. So. They're big fans of Avenger movies. <laughs> Couldn't <the> same thing. <laughs> you know, what really got my attention, though, was that uh, RL Minecraft mod that you posted the video of. That's pretty sweet. I actually, so I, I was actually trying that out uh, earlier today, and uh, it's just as hard as he <laughs> makes it out to me. Death by dragon every few every few it, minutes. N- no, just everything wants to murder you and eat your face. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm Troy, <laughs> and talking anime is my <laughs> game. But <laughs> I thought uh, Call of Duty was your game. Yeah, the beta for the new new one's out the past two weekends. So if you want my thoughts on on the beta, the gun the guns in the new Call of Duty are the best feeling they've been in a long time. Uh, but they've made, tried to make everything feel so old school it really feels old. And I wasn't super <laughs> I haven't been super impressed with the beta. I've actually been going back to Rainbow Six Siege because I'm having so much fun learning that game. But I gotta tell you guys what I watched besides the new season of Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, season 13 which was fantastic the bathroom episode for anyone who you know l- laughs at the idea of political correctness the bathroom episode so good uh oh, but check it out uh the the new movie on netflix between two ferns the movie watched that last night if you like between two ferns that movie is fantastic if you don't like between two ferns it's literally just the Between Two Birds oh. videos cut together into a movie <laughs> with like a oh, plot of... I just of... remembered what that was. Yeah. I, I was trying to figure out like what is Between Two Ferns, but yeah. I, it's Zach Galifianakis interviewing people. Doing insulting interviews. <laughs> like, yes. Like the, the, the opening shot is him interviewing Matthew McConaughey and being like, I noticed your shirt's on. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And yeah, there's the interview. Keanu Reeves is one of the interviewees. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't have to say any more than that. But it's fantastic. somebody gets up and leaves in one of the ones I gets up and leaves in yeah. one of the ones I saw. And I bet that's in there too. They're, oh, that's gonna be great. He has some. I mean, they're old. They're like go back like six years now, but they're they're really good. And then they they made a movie <laughs> with the plot of he has to go around and do ten interviews in two weeks. So he just goes to all these different celebrity houses and interviews them and. They all get pissed. It's fantastic. It, there's like a plot. Of... Yeah, and the plot <laughs> is pretty weak, and there's not much going on in between the interviews. But if you, the interviews themselves are so fantastic, it's worth watching. All right, let's talk about the anime. Jeremy picked this. So that's we were it. weary of it just at the <laughs> Yeah, that's set. very important to know. That's like... Uh... Huge context and framing device of this anime. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I can I, find the weird ones. <laughs> I can do it. I, I started the first episode. I'm like, how does he find these? How does he always know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with our um, non-spoiler reactions. Jeremy, you picked it. What'd you think? I really, really liked it. This was right up my alley. Um, I knew it when I was looking at the uh, that the summary on my anime list for the season and I was like, wow, this has so many unanswered questions in the description. I'm I this could be really cool. It could also be a total flop and stupid, but I'm gonna 
throw the dice and see what happens. And I am really happy with, with how it turned out. I'm not a big fan of the animation, but, um, I understand now that they, there were budget constraints and I guess there's also, this is kind of a style of the director and, and his studio too. So I don't know that they would really change it even if they did have a bigger budget. I would prefer that they did. I don't really like the style. But it was great. All right. Jason, what'd you think? Um, I actually, like, I got through the first episode and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is Jeremy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I got so pulled in by the world and the story that was being told, um, that I just was enthralled with it by the end. Um, the, yeah, the, the animation's a bit jarring, but I can't hate on it too much because it's very Knights of Sidonia. I think it just had, it lacks a bit of polish. Um, so, you know, we've had that anime discussion before. Uh, uh, I, I do think for what they did, it was a good call to go pure CGI that it was to try and do a mix. Um, but it was, it was fascinating is probably the best way I could put it. And, uh, I, I enjoyed my time with it. For me, it is the most original anime plot I've seen in a long time. <clears throat> Conceptually, I love everything that they were doing, the world, the ideas that they're presenting are fantastic. Top notch. How they presented it doesn't really fit my style there. I felt like the animation was, was bad. <laughs> and again, like, I had the idea, like, this kind of reminds me of like a student film or, or, RWBY mm -hmm. Ruby when it first started, um, <clears throat> and you kind of give it that pass of like, okay, I, I get it. But there's, I also didn't think the writing was great. The character development was, wasn't fantastic. There's like a single character arc in the whole thing. Um, however, I was so into the world they built and the twists they were presenting that I was overlooking it. Um, but when I was waiting for those twists, I, I was bored in between. All right, what did you guys think of the opening and the closing? Without spoilers, because that actually does factor in here. <laughs> um, they were decent. I mean, I skipped them most of the time, but um, I, you know, uh, they were they were better than most, I think. Yeah, I was generally pressed for time, so I kind of skipped them. Uh, there was one thing that I was always watching for at the end, and I would fast forward to that part of of the outro is. You know, did it change you know, what characters were shown in silhouettes and what colors they were and what order they disappeared or appeared in? And so that was kind of cool because it did. It did actually change. It didn't happen frequently, but it did change. Um, they were pleasant, though. The intro and the outro were, were nice. Um, I like these intro song, even though I, I don't know if the song really felt fit the theme of, of the anime, but I did like it. Uh, um there's a shot in the opening scene of one of the little girls grabbing one of the bugs and like flipping on its side and throwing it down where they just kind of take the character model and, and tilt it <laughs> instead of having like her bend naturally. And that's really described how I felt about the animation. Like everything's just, just tilt yeah, the character model instead of having them bend naturally. Yeah. Um, and, but the, I thought the outro was fantastic, but I didn't get to see it until episode seven. Because uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime was was always just like, hey, next episode starts in three seconds. 
and so it kept skipping past the outro on episode seven and finally let it play and i was like oh this is fantastic this is the chrono this is chronological and this is important of what i'm seeing yep uh yep. that was so cool and i and, and the fact at a later episode they use the outro to go back into the story and i was like that is amazing i've never seen that happen before where an outro that I've seen uh, technically 11 times suddenly now fits into the plot and goes straight back into the plot. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Let's go to spoiler time. Yay! <laughs> Jeremy, sing, don't celebrate. This is the big moment of the podcast. Ah, <laughs> oh, you ruined it, Jeremy. <laughs> All right, um... Yeah, so spoiler section, we're going to reveal everything. And I think we need to decide as a podcast right now, and probably before we started recording. <laughs> now that we're in the spoiler section, there's a lot we're going to want to talk about that has to do with the the twist. <coughs> and you don't technically find out those twists till episode 11. But everything that we're about to go over fits better in context once you know that twist. So, do we want to hide our cards or lay them out on the table? Uh, the way this podcast is structured, it's assumed that all of our viewers that are following along with us have seen the season. That's true. At least hoped. <laughs> um, yeah. It might be more story-wise suspenseful if we hold on our cards. I don't think anyone listens to us for the suspense. Then I'd I'd say let's just make let's do it contextually so that we can theory craft as we go. What do you All think, right. Jeremy? Yeah, I let's lay it out. Okay, so the spoiler warning's been dropped. Jeremy, tell us the intro. Mm. Tell us the truth of this world. <laughs> okay, so the world's kind of confusing, but uh, it appears to be a spaceship that was sent to Earth with the purpose of recreating or printing uh, human ass, uh, assets. And what that means is not people, but like buildings, cultural assets, uh, things that could be used perhaps in a museum or something at some other place, or maybe even to aid the civilization down there. It's never really explained why the, that these things are being printed, but they're being printed inside of a spaceship. And the spaceship is commanded by a young man named Wakaba or Wakaba, or however you pronounce it. And, um, yeah, and so there's a little girl that shows up, was dead, winds up coming back to life in the water, gets fished out, um, and a lot of things ensue, but basically she winds up being the one that splits into these, uh, the five or six main character girls, of which we only really get to see three for most of the movie, and, uh, you gotta add in or that she, series. she basically creates a parasite. And yeah, she created the giant parasitic red tree. Yeah. So she's the cause of the red fog. It's What'd that miss, Jason? Huh? Um, What'd that miss? <laughs> uh, I, I think just a little more detail could be fleshed out is that this spaceship is not like uh, an X Wing or a Star Destroyer, yeah. but this thing is. Enormous. Huge. This thing is, it's cities wide. They, they, when they say they're going to travel from island to island, which is kind of their mission, 
Uh, we're talking like Manhattan-sized islands, and there's like nine of them. Yeah, so they, this this they, ship is massive. They scale a mountain at one point. Like yeah, really. Yeah, across the mountain. Yeah, so that, I mean, and also he's re he's recreating the land masses, the roads, the train tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, they're you know they run across a a train <laughs> car at one point. So there seems to be a lot of recreation going on. For what purpose, we're unsure. But it's, it, kind of, it's pretty clear that Wakaba is not from Earth. It's unclear right. whether he's alien or human. Uh, well, it's he's definitely alien to this place, but it's unclear yeah. of if he's a human or not. I so think the, he is, but yes, it's not so clear. The way I saw it is he's basically making a Earth wax museum. with a huge 3d printer right and and everything works because of these magic plants called kemerakusa which they look Mm -hmm. like light bright light plant outlines but they also have like a digital interface of circles that you can touch and activate abilities and the throb (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta push, and then you gotta push harder, and then you gotta wait for it to throb. <laughs> oh well, man, they did that on purpose. <laughs> so, so to the start, what did you guys think of the camera? Camera this because at first I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, but then I was like, I kind of feel like it's a it's a catch all, do everything, and I I can only be so critical of that because obviously, I guess Star Wars: The Force is the same thing. Uh, so. Each color had its own purpose, and I really love the idea. This is the most, like, Japanese anime thing ever. I don't know if this story could have been told in any other medium well. Uh, This is another example, Troy, of what you call, you know, like, we get these stories, and it's like, this would be perfect adapted for anime. Um, But these, like, leaf things, um, I, I thought they were great. I thought they were a great story device. Um, because they, you know, we weren't sure where they came from. Uh, they grow in random places and you have to collect them. And so, and if you want a particular functionality, you have to find the color you're looking for growing out of the ground somewhere. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, they, what they came across to me as is like some kind of, of biologically formed nanite, right? So like a bunch of nanites that need to present themselves as a leaf because that's what their programming says to look like. But they're actually an interface that you can interact with like a data pad. Um, And there's a mixture of that, but also this sense of these things were not, at least they don't seem like they were created from scratch by humans. It seems like they were discovered because when we do get to to see that background with Wakaba, he's like, wow, I didn't know they could do that. This is incredible. You're a genius because she starts using them in ways that he didn't understand. And if this was something that Maybe. was created by men, wouldn't they teach in the academies where he was educated how to use them to their fullest? No, and a because little girl wouldn't he's, a, he's a printing specialist. He's not a researcher. Actually, he is a researcher Actually, he is who's taking the job as a printing specialist so that he okay. can do yeah. more research. Okay, it, fair it, enough. But he's, he's doing more research on the Karamakusa, so... I don't know. I guess I think that if they were created by the civilization that he came from, 
he could have found the information about how to do that more readily, considering that they were so vital to the printing effort. But I don't know. It They're very interesting, and I absolutely love them as a concept. Even if they're just like the elemental structure of the universe, like manifest through some kind of plant-like form, just popping up in places other than Earth that they happen to come across, that's still really cool. Um, I like that. As long as there's rules and limits, it's yeah. it's not too overpowered for me. My only thing is it didn't seem like there were limits. It's just whatever the story needed them to be, they were sometimes. Like, I, I need the wall one to be able to make a wall that covers the whole island, or I need the wall one to just make a field in front of me, and there was no difference between the two as far as... I think they handled that with the presence of nine dots on every one of them, showing that there was scalability and adjustability of how it could be used. So we don't know the limits to the max or the minimum of what exactly could be done, but we do know that there's a continuum of things that could be produced. So I think there's like this, the sense that there's an implicit limit is enough for me, but if it had no limit, then I would be frustrated with it. Well, from a storytelling point, if you never show the limit, then really they are limitless to the writer. Like, I can make the blue one do whatever I want because I never told them how big a wall it can make. Well, sure. But, I mean, we if you remember when they're tr- first traveling from one island to the next, when he, he was going to take a break, and then he had to go work. So they took the big floaty crane thing, uh, and they mm-hmm. went through a wall. And then when he used the blue... Um, leaf, all those walls basically solidified. They, it looked mm. like they grew taller and they they solidified. Right, but that, that still doesn't determine like a limit. R- right, but well, what I'm saying is maybe the blue just activated what was already there, not made the walls uh, out of thin air. Well, and, and there's something similar to that, which is just there's a, a point where well, it, and it could be right, but there's something similar about how Wakaba, like, reached down to the ground, and the panel appeared on the ground, <laughs> and he started using it on the ground. It wasn't even on a plant, so... Like, and that might just be access to the ship and its resources. Exactly, yeah. I, there's a lot of, of pieces being juggled that um, it didn't come across to me as if there was no explanation or that things could just be used however anybody wanted, but it came across to me like there were rules, we were within them, and trying to unravel what the rules were. Again, I'm not saying that the characters didn't have rules to abide by. I'm saying that the writer didn't give himself rules to abide by, which is a little bit different. Fair enough. I, I agree, but I think the same argument could be made even with like a simple sword where you're like, oh, this person, he, he cut through a branch. And then right. later in the story, he cuts through a tree trunk and then later he cuts through a stone. And you're like, what can the sword not cut through? So in, if anything isn't familiar, we don't know what the limits will be. Or if you need time travel and there's no time travel, then you make a place for time travel with portals. There you, go. You, grab, you grab a character from one location, you put her in. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's go into the actual story where it starts for us, which is we get to meet uh, two redhead girls. I did not get that the taller ones were adults, <laughs> but what animation style made me think these were all kids and there was just slightly more kitty than the others, but technically we have an adult woman. 
and a little girl with her, and they are searching for water. Now, this is Rin and Rina, or also known as Rin- Rinako. This one's Renako, but we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, the setting is a very apoc- apocalyptic looking world, yes. and they go onto like an old battleship, and that's where they find the water. Uh, and, and it's very clear like water is the most precious resource, and it's running out for them, and so finding it is a huge deal. And they're talking about that they've lost sisters who used to be better at finding water, and things have been harder since they lost them. Let's talk about the first girl with the updo and the glowy eyes. Her name is Rin. She is our main character ish. Basically, the main. She's the hero. Yeah, heroine. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Get it right, Troy. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeremy. Uh, what did you think of Rin? Um, I liked Rin. I I liked what they did with her. Uh, gradually letting her. Go from being the Tsun to the Dre, right? Sundre. God, I always say it wrong. <laughs> but uh, taking her from the person that's kind of obstinate and hot and ready to fight and has a hard shell and gradually revealing the softer side of her and revealing that there's a lot of stress, a lot of pressures that she's under that are making her act this way. And she was she was really cool for those reasons. Um, I really was struggling to figure out what she was because um, when we realized that these different characters were kind of symbolic of and representative of different senses that the body has and that there's six of them, I was trying to figure out, well, what what sense is she, right? And for the longest time, I thought she was eyes. I thought she was sight. But well, then I mean, later on, it's explicitly confirmed, and she is kind of because she, she gets is kind them. of at, at the time yeah. we meet her, she is also sight, but that is not what she yeah. originally is. Yep, and later we find out that that she actually is body, which was fascinating to me that that got to be its own thing. So yeah, it is really uh, I, also I like, like her. good character. I also, I also like that it's implied that she is the strongest, and that how that's tied into the fact that she is the body of. Mm-hmm. Jason, what'd you think? I actually really enjoyed this character. Um, she wasn't so stalwart that it was turned you off from wanting to know more about her. But I loved that she had obviously gone through enough trauma and pain over the years that she was so hyper uh, defensive about literally any noise or anything out of the ordinary. Um, and when our next main character shows up no matter what good he does. She's like, thanks, but make a wrong move and I'll exterminate you. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, well, what, yeah, watching her, I think it felt like she was the only one with any sort of character development in this entire show. Um, Mm. but watching that character development felt good. I did like it. So, like I said, I, 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 and I don't want to become a broken record talking about these characters, but for the most part, I didn't connect with her. Um, however, her character development that I didn't feel really started till episode 10, <laughs> uh, <laughs> did feel good. When, when she sits down and has that conversation with, uh, Ritsu, the, the oldest sister, about her being the oldest sister, and I thought that, I was like, wow, that's actually a really good conversation, and I kind of haven't seen that this whole time, but I'm really glad they did talk about it. And then the the ending, she does a good job of, of 
of coming to a conclusion. So I do feel she had a, a character arc, although a very simple one, and kind of mostly at the very end. Um, so she's probably more interesting than most of the other characters do. Um, okay. The little girl that she's with, who will die very soon, which I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, this is when I knew I loved it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yes. It, was, it wasn't when she died. It was, it was the, the, the next drop of the shoe. Um, but I'll get to that in a second. Rena, who we find out is a has the ability to duplicate herself and eats metal and Everything. can then, yeah and then yeah, anything she anything. eats she can reproduce at will there was, but it there doesn't was... seem like she can reproduce bunches of them just the one she ate uh patterns she can it, use it seems like if she patterns. if she ate an object she could then pull that object out at any time but she didn't seem to ever pull that same object out again. Uh, I think today she was making train tracks more than she had eaten. But it's hard to know because you don't know how much she's eaten up until that point. We don't know her storage capacity. I, right. I was under the impression that once she ate it, once she had the blueprint inside her, she could make it at will as long as she had water. Okay. But there was a really fascinating moment to me was when... You know, because we, we saw her pick things up and put them in her mouth to eat them, and they just kind of disappeared, and they went into her mouth. No matter how big the item was, it just kind of disappeared. But there was another shot early on where one of these uh, clones, like, leaps on something, and it just kind of disappears in her big puppy skirt. Yes. And I'm like, these are not people. These are not people. I don't know what they are, but they're not people. And I love They claim it. to be That's... human, though. Yeah. One thing uh, that that kind of what we were just talking about reminded me of um, that I want to call out is the way they explain and talk about the world. It's never specific. It's almost always subtle and in passing and like talking as if we already are fully informed with things. Um, and, and to let the audience know, I reached out to both of you when I finished and was like, OK, is this what I just saw? You know, the whole spaceship <sighs> thing and like trying to make sure I understood what I saw. And what was really interesting, even though we all three got the main gist of it, all of us interpreted certain lines in different ways. And we had to go back and, like, each rewatch things and be like, okay, okay. No, he technically said this, and I had assumed that meant this. Uh, uh, and all of us and all of us were slightly yeah. off in our own way. And and I, I realized that probably happened the whole show because that's how they explain things. And it's, it's a really cool and interesting way of doing it. But it definitely leaves us... Like Jason just now being like, "Hey, this is how she does it." I'm like, "Well, I interpret it. This is how she does it." Well, it's it could be either. There's no there's no proof. Yep. I I think what's nice about that is it didn't feel like we needed that one character to be a blank slate for the audience. Walk of a kind of was that, but not all the time. And because we were learning about the world as all of these characters were, I thought that was a nice way to world build. Uh, I liked Rena's comedy bits, but as a character, she was just kind of the the trope of "I'm cute girl who wants to who's a glutton." <laughs> yeah, but I think, and I, I talked about this in the pre-show a little bit too. That I, I actually Rena was my favorite character because she's supposed to be taste, she's supposed to be mouth, and like, how do you represent that? And I thought that the way that they chose to do it was really interesting because, of course, she's eating things, but she's able to actually turn that into a useful ability. And she that can she's replicate able to herself. duplicate. Yes, and she can replicate herself, which I don't know what that relates to for 
being taste or eating, but okay. But another thing that that is generally associated with taste is just the mouth, which associated with talking, right? And she never shuts up. And because there's four of her, it even more seems like she never shuts up. And and it just it was such a a a, a complete way to represent taste and mouth and just everything there. I thought it was really well done. And and she was also entertaining. I did love how they would be talking to her and then like another one would appear from behind her and then another yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Or or just how like for almost the entire series one of the four is just like sitting anywhere they go. She's just like conked out, just sitting there. The, the like, main the main body ha- I'm assuming had to sleep for all of them <laughs> or something. Well, I- no, she was she was uh, prepping to to bud to duplicate and make the other one, and so she had to go into sleep mode in order to do it because they kept checking her leaf, and they're like, "She's almost ready. She's almost ready to duplicate." That was oh god, I loved that. That was really yeah. cool. See again, that's not what how I interpreted her reason for sleeping. <laughs> that yeah, yep. she she was going to make another one, but that wasn't anywhere near ready until the leaf had hit peak. That wasn't the process that was starting. So in the first in the first few episodes, when we get to see the four of them, they're all equally active and they're all hyper and yeah, bouncing and, around. And, and, everything. and the other one gets up sometimes. It, well, but then there started to be one I noticed, and it was it was weird. It stood out to me as like this really weird behavior that in all these shots, one of the Renas would just be kind of standing there, and she'd be looking with her head down. Well, but she, most of the time she was standing, and she looked like either angry or just not present and and almost like depressed while all the others were just their happy selves and she's just kind of standing there looking like she's not really part part of the team with the party you know and and more and more she started to to like sit and sleep instead of just standing there doing that and uh and so yeah i associated that with um with the replication because she's the one they kept pulling the leaf out of now we know that when the girl split herself into these different characters um it was to become an adult but rena is the is a child yeah do you do you think she started as an adult and the cloning process puts her back yep. into a child or is there something associated with the mouth that that's the young version or that got the childness of the of the original character the silhouettes the silhouettes in the outro show her as tall as every other character until she splits and then she becomes shorter. I was just about to pontificate that, actually. Not the outro, but that if they all joined together, they would be an adult, maybe? Yeah. That's what it looked like from the outro. Very cool. Okay. Uh, So they go back to report on the water and what is called a red bug, which turns out to be robots that have been possessed by the parasitic red tree and its red smoke or fog or however you want to call it um rin fights one and destroys it but then <laughs> the rena had gone back to get just a sip of the water <laughs> for herself <laughs> and had gotten attacked by one as well so she dies and rin goes back and tells Ritsu, who we need to talk about here in a minute, but, um, you know, what happened, and they start crying and being like, oh, she's gone, and then the four other arenas pop up, like, <laughs> who gives a crap? We're alive! Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of yeah. us! 
she would have wanted us to be happy. Yeah, yeah, we'll just print another one. And I'm like, oh my God. That was the I moment I was this. like, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm I'm ready to watch you now, anime. I'm... <laughs> the fact that character died and the four identical characters showed up like, who gives a crap? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Um, uh, but let's go ahead and talk about Ritsu, who they call Sis. She's the 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 oldest. Um. I really hope the root isn't inside of her. She sits on the tree <laughs> branch the entire anime. Uh, and yep. she, she yep. has a special relationship with, with one of the, the plants who is a green tree. Midori. Um, his, yeah, they call it Midori. But you gotta understand, his, the tree is like, his name is Midori, but when you use his powers, you're using Midori. Um, so like a leaf is Midori and his branch is Midori and the main tree is Midori. It's, it's all just. <laughs> Doesn't Midori just mean green, Probably. right? Because Midoriya, right? Deku, doesn't that mean green, green hair or whatever? Yeah, I, I think from it, My Hero Academia. Uh, yeah, that that, that yeah. was my understanding. Even so, um, yeah, they're just naming it based on its color. They're like, it's green. <laughs> even um, the the bug, um, Nushi, is actually Nushi. Mushi means bug, and the big ones they call Nushi, <laughs> and oh, all because. All because to the little girl, the original character, the robots look like bugs. So that's why they call it them bugs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it, it's all very simple wordplay for the names. Um, what did you guys think of Ritsu? I liked her. She was like the uh, old wise woman that everyone was, needed to take care of. She seemed sickly. Mm-hmm. And she always seemed on the verge of death. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Like, she had really bad bags under her eyes. She was always, everyone was taking care of her as if she was an old lady, but she does, she appears like she's in her thirties. So I don't know. Um, what did she, what was she supposed to represent? Ears. She's ears. She's the ears. Okay. Which is why her her ears literally travel around. Right. (laughs) And she has cat ears for some reason. Like, nobody else has, you know, anthropomorphic features, but she's got cat... Well, I guess one of them has weird tentacle hair that, like, has eyeballs in it it or something. (laughs) So there are some scenes where she's not actually attached to Midori. So, but I think she's got a special relationship with the tree that she can control it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My assumption was the sickliness is because she's overusing her power literally constantly. Where it, it does seem like using your inner leaf uh, is a drain on you, but she uses her inner leaf to constantly manipulate Midori and the roots and pulling the train and all that stuff. So and she's always just, staying hyper aware of the right, surroundings so she, of her hearing. So she, she's just constantly in use and thus is the most worn down, whereas like I mean, like, whenever Rin's like, I'm going to use my inner leaf, they're like, no, that's crazy. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, Ritsu is constantly using her power. <laughs> yeah. Plus, on top of that, there's so many scenes where she's not drinking the water and instead giving it to Midori. So she's starving herself on top of it. Yeah. I liked her. Like, she's self-aware that she has this selfish <laughs> obsession with this plant. And, like, when the plant finally, yeah. like benefits the team she's like oh my god i'm so glad i wasn't the worst person <laughs> yes. ever that i took care of this plant and, um i did yeah. like that that character beat for her 
there's a little self-awareness that isn't always present in characters. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, so they, so she, like I said, she has the ability to send roots out, which look almost like digital lines. The way they, they're, they're square most of the time. They're not like branching roots. They're wires almost. Anyway, she's sucking up the water from far away to. They live in a train. <laughs> with a tree growing out the back of it, which well, is one majority. train car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Train the car, back yep. half like busted off. So that <laughs> yeah. the tree comes out of it. <clears throat> and then they they're filling up a water tank and a boy comes out of the <laughs> the root and into the water and this is uh Wakaba who freaks them out because they don't know what he is or who he is. Uh, they I assume he, he, he's a monster, one of the bugs, and they're <laughs> trying to get ready to kill him. And they actually do try to kill him. They're like, yep, yeah. yep, you die. And it doesn't work because the green powers on him heal him. Um, the, when you use Midori on him, it, it has healing properties instead of or it destroys the red books. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our audience point of view. He's amnesic. He literally came out of a tree root, <laughs> and they don't talk about that part. They're they're not. Yeah. They're like, should we talk about how this came out of the tree? <laughs> or my my initial reaction was, oh, he went to the water source, uh, got too close to the green line, and got sucked in. That that, yeah, that was my uh, initial uh, assumption. Yeah, because there was like there was scrap that was being spit out by Midori into the the water tub afterwards. So we know that Midori was sucking in garbage. So why not suck in a human that got too close? I totally agree. That's what I thought too. Turns out that's not what happened. Yeah, nobody noticed this human sized lump coming down the roof. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so he was in the tree trunk that was in their train. Uh uh uh-huh. <laughs> it's implied that Midori has the power to resurrect people that it has a pr- has a print for, even though the Kemeruuska is not supposed to be able to copy life. Midori seems to have this ability. So, uh, like we mentioned at the end. He goes, like, when they're fighting the red tree at first, he can't seem to get a foothold, so he goes to throw down some seeds to, you know, do a thing, and they won't work because of the red mist. And then Riri sees him with roots growing out. I think he used his body as soil Mm -hmm. to get these things to grow, and one of them was Midori. And it got a copy, or, like, got his DNA, got him. And so that's why he's amnesic, because... Actually, mention uh, he he said, "Don't use this on people. It can even wipe their memory." So, yeah. And he also says, like right before he goes and does that, he says, "If I can just get it to germinate," and then he says, "We'll see each other again, but it'll probably be a long time." Right. So I yeah I agree with your theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, after they try to kill him, <laughs> they basically just tie him up in roots, and then they sense a red bug nearby, uh, so they take him along to go fight it. Uh, this is where he learns about, like, the red fog. It, it 
It basically has an acidic effect. It burns you when you touch it. And the bug steals one of the arenas. They all have their own specific name. So there's, you know, like Rena Garfield, Rena Odie, Rena Jones. <laughs> Rena <Darl. laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> uh, no, um, I don't. I didn't write. You must have down. watched the dubbed version. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he he helps, and like he can sense where it's coming from, mm-hmm. and yeah. and jumps into the fog to save the Rena and and draws the monster out, and then Rin is able to defeat it, and. That's the end of that episode. So, uh, a word about how his senses work compared to theirs. Um, because they each represent a given sense, all the other senses don't work very well. The only person who seems to have good senses kind of all around is uh, Rin. And even she can compete with the others in their own special zone. Um, but we do see a moment where he is touching her because he's trying to use the leaf through her back. And she clearly can feel the sensation of him touching her. And that there's another character who says nobody could feel anything because that's what she had, right? So touch as her sense. Um, but he has, because he's an individual and not a split, he's got all of the senses. And so it's really interesting because they don't see very well. They're always commenting like, you can see, we can't see that can't see that at all. Yeah. I don't smell anything. You can feel that? I don't feel anything. I don't hear very much. So, like, they're all, like, blind and deaf and uh, trying uh, to survive uh, out here. I feel so bad for them. I, I remember one thing, and it's actually when I really got suspicious uh, and started forming that theory that they were, they're based on senses, is um, Ritsu said something about not being able to see. And I was like, have I missed that she's blind? Because because I've been watching yeah. and 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 she seems to look like at people and like she doesn't act like a blind character but she clearly just made a comment that sounds like something a blind person would say and I was like that's weird and then yeah I noticed okay wait she has ears and and Rin's eyes always light up well and that one's eating <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but but yeah you're right they, their other senses are dulled for the sense that they don't specifically represent. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. They're running out of water and they're not really sure what to do. So they live on island one currently and that the water they found is the last of the water um they have. Because they have a fish leaf that can sense yeah. water. Yeah, his name is yeah. like I it's Ari, it, it's I- I, it's but they call him Aichan. Aichan. Well, what really confuses me is they talk about the plants sometimes like they're a thing, and then sometimes like they're a person. Like, how, how's Ai-chan doing? But there's also, as soon as they replace the new Ai-chan with another Ai-chan, that's Ai-chan, and screw that, whatever uh-huh. that thing was, it lays on the ground. Um, so I was yeah. like, because at first I'm like, oh, that's it. Midori's a character. Well, he's not. <laughs> he's not really a character. Ai-chan is not a character. He's just, he's a leaf in a bowl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, we Rin notices that whenever she's around Wakaba, she feels weird, and she tells Ritsu like, "I think I've been poisoned." <laughs> this this is cute. I like she, how this she, played. She out. blushes, and her heart goes fast, and she has a crush on him. Um, yeah. And so she keeps trying to kill him because she th- she thinks he's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. convinced he poisoned her. And, like, anytime anyone else, like, gets a nice reaction to him, they're like, maybe I've been poisoned, too. <laughs> uh-huh. 
and they go to pick Kiro, which is basically light bulbs, <laughs> light bulb leaves yeah. that they use to create lamps. Um, and they they see a blue bug, which we need to talk about blue bugs, but let's wait to the wall, that one wall scene where the blue bugs show up. Uh, they well, see there's blue... like light blue bugs, and then there's dark blue bugs. Right. You mean the white, the white bugs and the and the blue bugs? Yeah, but the white bugs also okay. have blue light in their face. Yeah, which <laughs> yeah. they end up exactly. being friendly. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they fight another red bug, and then when she beats this red bug, doesn't it just become like a regular bug and walk away? This yeah, first that was bug? so weird. Yeah, they okay, never had so... that happen again with any other bugs. I, I was, I wanted more explanation, but yeah. They take the lights back. Um, he had picked some blue Kimurakusa that he found out in the wild, and they're like, yeah, I mean, you can take it, but it doesn't do anything. And then when he gets back, he's able to make it like light up like their Midori plants. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, we, we had a sister who could do that, uh, but we don't. We have no idea how that works. <laughs> and so he becomes fascinated with studying these plants and, and, and trying to understand them. So he starts collecting them and working with them and he's like every i can wave my hand in it it lights up it's so cool like don't 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 now did that not play well in an audio podcast me pretending to do dubstep on a plant <laughs> i think the one uh thing i didn't like about this anime was just not just how whiny wakabo was but everything at every moment was oh that's interesting oh i want to learn more about that oh what is this ah. Ah, oh, tell ah, me. Yeah. Ah, ah, <laughs> it was just ah, so obnoxious. Oh, God, that was difficult. I was thinking for the longest time, okay, so he's the mind and uh, okay, I now I'm super confused because the mind is male but everything else is female. I, I must have gone down the wrong rabbit hole here. I don't know what's going my, on. My theory was that he was Midori given human form. That Midori had like basically yeah, birthed himself. I that too. <laughs> Yeah, because he had the green shirt, and I'm like, oh yeah, he no, he guys, he's the tree, and he created human form so he could yep. be with you guys. And in the outro, there's a green light that comes yeah, down represent- and he appears. Green is clearly yeah. his his representation in the in the story. Ne- never crossed my mind. Really? Nope. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, they decide that they are going to travel to the other islands now. Every time they've ever tried to do this. A sister has died, and then they always come back and they try it again. They lose another sister, um, but Rin decides, okay, um, let's try. And it's mostly because he inspired her, even though she doesn't really like to admit it. But she does warn him, uh, "You'll probably be the one who dies." Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, to to build on Jason's complaint, the first note of episode three is Wakaba is astounded by everything. Because for yes. like five minutes yes. he's just running around the train looking at everything, and I was like, I don't know how to put this into a note, <laughs> so I'm just gonna say he just is ood and odd for like a long time in this episode. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it wasn't until like episode five or so that I started to get past my frustration with with Wakaba's fascination with everything. Uh, he then falls off the train, <laughs> uh, but Rin manages to pull him back inside from the root. Now, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch that route and see what happens to it. And it does eventually fall off, and I completely missed it. Like, at one point, I was like, oh, it's gone now. I noticed, like, at one point, it was one loop around him, and then it was gone. And I was like, yeah. I, I never noticed what caused it to fall. 
I love that it started off as like basically a restraint and they left it on him and it just as things continued to be used from it, it slowly got smaller and smaller. I thought that was a nice touch. And that at the very end, it comes back because he's held on to a piece of it and he's like, yeah, it saved me because, you know, you guys gave it to me. (laughs) (laughs) She even calls like the past him adult. And I love that because I'm like, okay, you know, the kind of character you made. Okay, I get it. (laughs) Um, they reach what is, we kind of talk about the wall, blue walls that s- separate the islands. So every time you pass the wall, you've gone to the next island. Um, this was, that is why I feel like it's a, it's like a wax museum. Like in this room is New York and in this room is Paris. Mm. <laughs> um, so they, so they reach the next island. They go through the hole that, that was made in the wall. Um, they stop and drink water and they're all amazed that Wakaba, like, he just needs like a, a cup of water and they're drinking <laughs> gallons. Yeah. Um, and then Arena sneaks off to eat at an amusement park. And when I say that, I mean like structures and, and poles. Yeah. So they go to find her and they like walk around on a roller coaster for a while, just talking about stuff. None of it was important. I was bored. <laughs> um, it's called character building and world building. It was world building. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Not character building, huh? Uh, but he finds some white Kamirakusa and he eats it. it. Apparently that's the only one you're allowed to eat. And he luckily that's the one he decided to eat. He decided to eat it because it smelled good. Right. So he, he ate it. And he's like, oh, I can eat this. And then, so I guess that explains what he's eating. I was wondering, like, does he need to eat? And I guess he is. He, he well, put, this frustrated me because I was thinking, like, they put so much emphasis on, we need to drink, we need to drink. And I never saw anyone eat. And then he eats this the one time. But he does take it with him and, and plants it, so maybe yeah. he is growing Right, it. but I guess we're just supposed to know yeah, that he's all eating off. off screen, I guess. Yep, yes. it's all off screen from there. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think that was a, a good move either. It would have been a better touch, like, in between moments or while traveling. They just showed him, like, just, like, munching on it as he walked. You know, something like that. Yeah, there were there were weird moments where the animation, like, had a strange loop where, like, he would... He would lean forward, lean back, lean forward, lean back, lean forward, lean back, because they were trying to depict some kind of emotional struggle or something in him, and it was just this loop. If they had cut some of those kinds of scenes, they would have had time to show him, like, taking a bite of something (laughs) in the middle of another scene somewhere. (laughs) Um, Because of his fascination with all these plants, when he gets back, they give him a yellow rectangle one. They're like, hey, this used to be one of our sister's. And we, I mean, we literally can't do anything with this stuff, so have fun with it. (laughs) And and he's like, okay, so now I have three colors. I'm doing awesome. Uh, And then then there's an earthquake, and the ground splits open, and they almost fall. And this hat full of dead Kimurakusa literally falls down into it, and he jumps to save it, and Rin saves him. Ritsu saves her, and they pull him up. Is that the sisters' old plants? In, it's like in a captain's hat. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. What was in there wasn't shaped like anything we've seen. They were like black crystals, but it looked yeah. like there were fragments of, of like leaf chunks in it. Maybe? Maybe. Almost like they were like long shards of charcoal. <laughs> yeah. 
It's very weird. I, it could have been like that is what I thought was that it's probably the remains. Yeah. I, I got very confused when they started naming certain leaves, and I was like, oh, that's got to be what was in the hat. Like they, the memory leaf specifically. They they talk about the memory mm-hmm. leaf. I'm like, oh, that's got to be what was in the hat. I'm like, oh no no no, it's the yellow rectangle they gave him, and that was both wrong. It just happens to be the red leaf inside of her. Yeah, yeah. One it happens to two. be. Yeah, it happens to be the pink leaf inside of her. Yeah, because she's got two. Yeah, I think she has three. Oh, jeez. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah also, she's got the eye one in it, too. Also, one thing I couldn't stand is there'd be like, there's a blue leaf and a blue leaf, and they'd be like, no, these are different. And I'm like, I they look blue to me, and they're just, how much? Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> men are more prone to colorblindness, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What happens next? They go to the next island. They reach island three. Uh, he learns about Rena's duplication leaf, and that she can create little bug things off of her dress. This was so <laughs> weird. <laughs> yes. I mean, it comes into play later, so okay, cool, but kind of. like, why? <laughs> uh, and then they tell him about Nushi, which is basically giant red bugs. I thought it was, when they, they're like, and there's Nushi, I'm like, oh, so there's like the T-Rex of red bugs out there. But no, it just means any bug that's big. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I thought it was a very specific type, the one they ran into. And then when they call another one, it, I was like, oh, just anything dangerous. And yeah. then we found out it yeah, was just like the up. assistant. <laughs> Nushi was just the assistant robot, like the number one robot. So why did he become uh-huh. the big ad? Well, um, but then we also see that there's a white Nushi. Right, that we get to meet later. He turns into a Nushi all by himself. Yeah, the robots can apparently <laughs> shapeshift. Well, literally, all of the Kimikusa can shapeshift. And so the robots are also Kimikusa? They're powered by Kimikusa? So yeah, they're powered by it. So they can shapeshift? Yeah, it's, it seems to grant them that ability. When they receive the command, remember, because he's always asking for commands. And when we get the flashbacks, he's like, I need a command, Captain. And then when he gives him the command and gives him a blue leaf to activate the command, he starts changing shape and gets a blue glow and everything. I think because he got the command to protect them in that scene, he's like, all right, superpowers, transform, disengage, and kick butt. All that good stuff. All right, so they go to the sky bridge, and wouldn't you know it, Anushi shows up. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Good thing they explained that. Um, They... They run away from it at first, and it like it only goes so far and stops. And then he realizes it's after any leaf, so he he distracts it, and then he saves Arena with the shield. He manages to activate a blue one, and it creates a shield. He was basically to... Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Yes. <laughs> yep, that's accurate. And I'll allow all Jurassic Park references on this podcast, always. <laughs> um, and then they end up destroying it, and it dies. So... An interesting thing here is that uh, Rin has heterochromia in these in these scenes where she's fighting, and one eye is green, one eye is pink, and it didn't like I wondered about it, but it didn't matter. But it turns out this was actually one of the dead sisters looking through her eyes while she fought Nushi. Yeah, I, yeah, I never noticed uh, a pink <laughs> that she had pink eye. Um, I only noticed <laughs> exactly. Her. I noticed her eyes turning green all the time. Uh, but yeah, I didn't notice that she also got another color. So that is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, in these episodes, we also learn about 
mention of the first person. Um, and they can regenerate? Yeah, because it blows her arm off, and it's just yeah. like this glowing pink stump. But then it's an arm in the next shot. Yeah, they basically say as long as their their body leaf is okay, that they can heal from anything. They're like liquid terminators. <laughs> but well, they have to have enough Literally. water. <laughs> they have to have enough water in their system to right. power the leaf. Right. Yeah. That is that is their their big thing. Is they gotta hydrate people. Yep. H two O. Eight or eight sucks. <laughs> Okay, um, uh, yeah, this is where we learn about Iro, Aichan, um, mm. and he's getting weak. Oh, Wakaba <laughs> is given a Midori leaf, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna use it, and he hits a pillar, and the pillar, like, turns back to normal. He's like, ah, I can fix things. And then. Nobody cares. Yeah, no one, everyone's like, Meh. <laughs> yeah. Which, this that, is so weird. That was a little frustrating to me because I was like, okay, it heals people, it's green, I, I can give that a pass. And then it fixed the pole, and I'm like, but hold on. Guys, but guys, everything is Kimurakusa. Well, no, it, it knows how to print. So it knows how to fix a printed object. Is I think the reason it was able to fix it. Right, but aren't all the buildings made from Kimurakusa? They were that pulled he... out of water by a Kimurakusa, so I'm guessing. I, I, I thought that's what it, they were printing. Is they were basically taking Kimurakusa and shaping it into buildings. <laughs> so it's it's basically the uh, the the vinyl material used in the 3D printer is the <laughs> Kimurakusa. <Right. laughs> it's very interesting. Uh, hmm. It would explain why, like, if it only healed biological things, that it's technically fixing a biological thing. Uh, yeah, right. if these things are actually Kimurakusa, yeah. yeah. That makes Very sense. Possible. I, I thought for sure, like, when we started seeing, like, wire frames on the underside of buildings, I'm like, ah, oh, we're in the Matrix. Okay, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, then they find, so they've been traveling along tracks, and Rina said she made all the tracks. <laughs> yeah, she did. So, so my first thought when I saw the train tracks was like, oh, well, okay, not first thought. Later, I, I, I had the thought of maybe this was like an amusement park ride they were building, like, ride the tour of Earth. But I'm like, no, but Rina made the train tracks. They weren't already there, so that doesn't work. And so, yeah, she, she's like, I made all these train tracks that we're riding on. But every time they get to the end of them, they have to literally walk the train on giant routes uh, to the next stop. So they find some, but the train has been damaged from the last Which earthquake. Which is so anime. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like, guys, I smell a wheel. That's not what he smelled. <laughs> that is too. He's like, I smell a wheel just like this. Yeah, I think he said, I smell something that might be shaped like that. <laughs> no. He said he smelled machinery that might be similar to what they're riding on. So they went into a warehouse that looked like it was full of train parts. So or like, like how does you know, he where they know? would build trains. I, I don't know, know maybe the oil of the engine or like manufacturing was similar. Now, what got me was is how could one dude lift one of those wheels by himself? Yeah, those things are heavy. Again, I thought this was a 13-year-old, and it turns out he's like a 
20 year old man. <laughs> Which, animation style and the way he's been acting, I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is a kid and it's yeah. not. It's like a full grown no. scientist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, this is he actually. out the wheel. I didn't. I, no, no, because no, <laughs> we meet a new character here and I forgot to put him in the notes. Uh, we meet Shiro, Shiro. the, oh, the white right. bug helper, who I thought for sure was going to be one of the dead sisters. I did too for a while. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, she like got inside a bug. How did you guys come to that conclusion? Because the sisters were being shown in the intro all the time. Yeah. So the sisters I kept waiting were waiting for a reappearance. Yeah, they were definitely mm-hmm. coming back into the story somehow. Okay, and... I, I saw it and I was like, oh, it's a Roomba with legs. Yeah, but mm. it was talking, and it was the very first Roomba with legs to start talking to them. <laughs> and it knew Wakaba's name, which was really, really weird. And nobody questions it. Like, <laughs> yeah. They don't question anything. This dude no. shows up. We better just kill that. <laughs> it doesn't well, look I did anything think that... like our threats, but we need to kill it. Well, it bleeds red, so maybe it's a red bug. <laughs> um, I did actually really like how they kind of explained away the... Um, oblivious nature is that they really don't care because they can't comprehend whatever they can't sense whatever isn't their strong suit they just don't care about it um i think a good example is the one that loves the sensation of touching and i love the way that they animated it because she's like sitting there and she's like rubbing her hands together constantly just for no reason because she's like it it, i feel something i feel it feels good and she she's like rub my back touch me can i touch your face you feel this ah somebody that i can talk to and understands this so nobody wants to talk about the things that they don't easily comprehend. Yeah, they talk about it's... how Ryoku was the one who would like look into things, and because she was the eyes, and she's the one mm-hmm. who kept a journal and was like exploring the world. That was her thing. Everyone else is like, who who cares? Water. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. Th- so luckily that he now knows how Midori works. He's able to fix the wheel and put it on the train, and they're able to go again. Um, they get to Island 6, and there, there's this giant hole, basically a tunnel system, and that will lead them to the next island, to Island 6. And so they decide to rest that night, and Wakaba wanders off, picking leaves that he sees, and he ends up getting lost in the tunnels. And I was like, mm, I saw okay. this But I thought he was going to get in trouble and, like, cause like get everyone mad at him but instead he meets a strange red-headed girl instead and this is riku who is another one of the sisters who is supposed to be dead and she is the one of touch she wears the hoodie uh guys thoughts on riku i love that she not only taught him how to use the but also (laughs) um that her specialty was like an electric version, which, where did she get yellow leaves? Yeah, and is she like carrying them around with her? Because when and... we find out where she came from and like mm-hmm. how she's manifesting here, where is she keeping those? Okay. <laughs> yeah, and also like, does that mean she's grabbing other colors and combining them like Riri did? That's a very good possibility. So, couple questions. She can use them because she's touch, right? So her Correct. touch actually reacts to it. Secondly, cards on the table. She is... So Rin's body is tele, transforms into her sisters, and then she just... They go off and then come back and te- turn back into Rin. 
right? Or are they coming out of her? I'm pretty sure that it's just her in these scenes. Like, Rin physically goes there and physically transforms into one of them. Um, but I, in the last scene in episode 12, I think she does something different where she's right. able to allow them to manifest. That, that was my question, because I had assumed she was transforming. And then at the end, they came out, and I'm like, oh, now I'm not 100% sure anymore. <laughs> so the wait. sole reason is because they transformed into each other multiple right. times in these right. scenes, and they don't do that later. So were, I think yeah, it's they, a different situation. They were definitely sharing a body, so it makes sense that it's real. Oh, the three sisters that have left, they're all sharing the same body. But it's Ren's body in these scenes. Wait. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're in Ren. They're in but Ren. Ren's back at the train cart. No, she's, she's asleep. She's asleep and basically basically sleepwalking and t- turning into her yep. sisters. Yep. So it is Fight Club. <laughs> kind that, of that's it. why I thought your reference was great. <laughs> uh, J- Jason did good and he didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, I I really liked her introduction. She had such a different personality from the other sisters that we knew so far. She was more sassy. Um, yeah, uh, I I, I was touch. Probably my biggest disappointment was that she. This is like her one big scene, and she she kind of is out of the story. I'm like, oh, I wanted to see more of her, and I want to know what she was investigating. Something. I'm like, what? What are you investigating? I want to know. We don't really ever get to know. I'm assuming something about the red root. I think she's basically just tagging along, but it sounds better if she says that they're investigating something or they'll deal with something. <laughs> because they don't have agency. They can't go off on their own and do anything. They're literally right. stuck inside Rin's body. So I can see her being like, no, I'm I'm, I'm investigating something. I'm important here. <laughs> but all four of them manifest in the same spot later. So yeah, that's, that's what we were just a, talking about. Yeah, yeah, they do something different in that scene. I think because they're not sharing a body in that. And, and they specifically said, or uh, it's it's actually Rio, the one who likes to fight, says like, yeah. I get I get to I get one more fight, and I think yep. I think what she means is they get to come out one more time, but as long as they stay in the main body, they can manifest. But if they actually turn into themselves and, and come out, they'll get to do that one time temp- temporarily, and then they'll actually die. Okay, they, and. It, it actually makes sense because in the beginning, Rin, her whole baggage is that she's been there for the death of every sister. Right. Well, what's really happened is they've gone inside of her. <laughs> she like was Spe- sucking them up. <laughs> Specifically, Rin has the memory leaf inside of her, so it seems like they're actually imprinted on the memory leaf. Yes, but I do think it also is because she was like if she hadn't been there when they died, they wouldn't have imprinted. Yeah, I think it was. I think okay. Right. Um cuz none of none of the little girls appear. That's one of the things that confused me, but maybe it's because they're not complete. Maybe they're fragments of a fragment and it's not enough. Right. If, if, if it was the main body cuz they didn't yeah. mention a main body. There is a main one of the Rinas. I think that's the one that's asleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um he learns she teaches him how to use the Kimakusa and then he goes she leaves and is like, "Hey, and don't and don't tell my sisters that I'm alive." Uh, which is which? It turns out it was a good idea because she yeah. wasn't alive, and it would have been really disappointing. Yes, it was a good call on her part. Um, but he gets to open that rectangle one, yellow one, and it, and read the journal, and and he can read, 
which is something that most of them can't do. Um, and he, he, there's three different things in the journal. There's, there's someone talking and then she starts talking about splitting and then there's an erased page and then someone else starts talking and explaining things from like a very naive point of view or, or, or exploring the world for the first time. Um, and so we, we get a few clues to what will be revealed in episode 11. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up finding, oh, he gives them a, she gives him a new Ichan water leaf. He takes it to the group so that they can find water again. They end up finding a giant root from the original Midori tree and they follow that and they're like, oh my gosh, we are almost there. Their whole thing is like, we were told there's a lake on island six or seven. Seven, yeah. Seven. And that's their whole mission. And so by finding the tree, according to the journal, that means they're close because the the tree is drinking from the village. And so they start climbing on the giant tree roots and walking along them. Um, They come to a wall, but there's no holes. And so they start trying to attack it to break it. And that's when the blue bugs show up and attack them. And that's never really explained. I have theories on it, but you're right, because um, it's interesting because we never got this kind of behavior before from anything, nor do we get sense. Right. Right. And it's not the light blue. It's the dark blue. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think this is just the wall asking for help of the robots as in, like, uh, you know, you kick the bee's nest, the bee's nest, you know, lights up to attack. Just a feature of the wall that, hey, someone's trying to break it, grabbing all you to come defend it. Yeah. Which is weird, because I couldn't tell if they expected that or not, the girls. Because, you know, given that they have broken walls before, um, but they didn't, nothing they said indicated one way or the other. Um, But they didn't, they didn't, and again, they also don't respond inquisitively about things because only humans have curiosity. And so I don't know. I really don't know. But I do know that those dark blue bugs are because of the dark blue plant on the printing station. Um, through the walls, for some reason, it was able to send instruction because that is the one time that they see that, that dark blue tree and it matches the smoke, it matches the color, and it was used to put the walls up. So I think that it was the walls through it were transmitting and then sending back to take over the robots. I, I thought at this point that, like, oh, okay, something's going on here where, like, it's a red versus blue versus green struggle for dominancy in this yep. world, and, and who even knows that they're on the good guy side? Maybe the red trees are the good, you know, the reds yep. are the good guy, but uh, that's not where it went. So. I even kept thinking she's got red hair and she's looking red, got red veins in her clothes. I Is thought she the red? same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I thought they had red leaves. And I'm like, aren't, aren't you part of the red team? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, what happens next? So they go through that. Uh, doesn't to, doesn't he, isn't this where Wakaba finds out he can control the wall? Yeah, he can he can turn mm-hmm. on just like he can activate the leaves. He can activate the wall, and he's able to open a hole. When they go through, they find 
a pond. They think it's a lake. It's a pond. <laughs> With like a little yeah. stream coming out. They're like, it's a river. Did you guys um, notice when they approach this hole in the tree to the to the pond, there's a lab coat on the left hand side. I didn't notice at the time. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I found a picture of that and sent it to Troy. Yeah. Yep. Uh but no, I didn't see it. Uh so they decide to live there, but then there's all these this ruckus going off, so uh Wakaba and Rin go to investigate and they come to another wall and so they open it up and on the other side is basically red bug hell and they're breaking <laughs> yep. they're breaking through. Um she goes down and starts fighting and there's a red root and whenever she br- kills a bug, like more bugs come out of the red root. Uh, basically, it's 3D printing them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they basically go back and and tell everyone, and so they they come to the decision as a group that we have to kill the the red once and for all, or we'll never get to stop and have peace. Um, and so they they make this decision that they're they're going to keep going on and hopefully come back someday. But as long as the red exists, they'll never be able to stop. So they they fill up with three tanks of water. And hit hit the road. Um, they 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 fight their way through until Shiro, the white bug, comes back and brings them a map, and it tells them about a safe tunnel. So he, now Shiro starts traveling with them. They go through these underground tunnels that get them. They're following the red route to the tree, but they also have to avoid it because it creates the bugs, um, so that he can feel the heat off of it. Mm-hmm. Walk yeah. Yeah. Um, eventually, they come to a boat full of white bugs, and they're all like, hey, we want to help, and please be our captain. We lost our captain. Be the captain. And he's Give like, us okay. orders. Um, <laughs> yes. And they they basically are told, like, you got to go over the mountain to where we came from, but that means you'll have to get past this red route that's over across a bridge or, like, a dam or something. And the robot's like, we'll do it. And they turn into a giant scissor robot and they go and they fight the red root and cut it. Um, but then they're all like, well, we're going to turn into red bugs if we don't kill ourselves. So peace out. <laughs> and they do. Yep. And Waka was, was really so sad because he had to, he had to give the order of like, do it. And so he's like, oh, my God, I killed all those bugs. Uh-huh. Except for Shiro, who gets to live. Of course. <laughs> and it's also really interesting because it didn't at the time of course it's a mystery who captain is but to find out later that captain was the previous wakaba he's wakaba, the captain that now. was he's the captain now he's the he's captain now <laughs> dead captain new captain that was really cool that's, that's good all right um then this is where they climb up the mountain and they're able to see like the old islands from far away they get to another wall and he goes to open it and then a giant red uh new Nishi, Nushi, one of the giant red bugs, yeah, Yeah, attacks him in from inside the wall, and so they have to fall back and retreat, and they're like, okay, how do we get past this? While they're resting, he goes out to explore again and runs into another sister, and this time it's Rio, who carries a pipe around that she likes to beat things with, Um, and there's like a there's like a uh, bandage on it from one of the times that Rina tried to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so we should, and then he's asking her for help, and she's like, "No, no, no, you gotta talk to Ryoku. She's the one who knows stuff." And then just 
like jelly flies mm-hmm. and then turns into the other sister and then I was just like no, I don't like this guy. I'm not talking to him. <laughs> yeah. Until she finds out he can read her diary, which she's upset about, but then she does talk to him. Uh, thoughts on these other sisters, real quick. They were fine. They weren't in it long enough for me to really get a good opinion of them, but I thought they were decent. You know, they they helped with the story building and what was going on. I like the character designs. I thought that they were sufficiently different and interesting. I especially liked how Rio was essentially blind. Like she's the only character there that had her eyes completely closed at all times. And just the concept of seeing her carrying a pipe around, it was like a walking stick to me. Nobody else was carrying something. So it, it, yeah. And the idea that she's the nose, like the nose is the brawler. Like why? I don't understand, but I love it. It's great. Good character. At first I thought she was the eyes because She's a keep your eyes closed character. Guys, can uh-huh. we talk about the, the fact that the eyes wear glasses? <laughs> That's a great point. Oh my god. Like, why? Oh my god. I, and I love that she's got Medusa so powers. So great. Yes. Did she come to life with glasses on? I think so. Don't I think worry they about all it. came to life with their weird stuff. Did like... Riri wear glasses? No. You're thinking okay, about this too hard. So, so glasses were just like, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> they, they freaked me out. I'm like, wait, why are the glasses on you? You're the one with the eyesight. Because <laughs> she doesn't see through those eyes. She sees through the eyes at the end of her hair. Or, yeah, or maybe maybe because she gave her eyes to Rin, and I don't know what that means either. Oh, maybe that's when the last eyes, or when she got the glasses. That could be. I don't know what that means. If, if she's inside of her, aren't they all giving her a part? Or did she literally... Do... And this is going to sound weird, but it's very normal in Naruto to just pull out your eye and put them in yeah. someone else. Yes. Oh. Um, it, seems as though, it seems as though it was the sense of sight, not necessarily her physical eyes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she doesn't... Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's part of the leaf. I don't know. Um, they I'm basically... We should move on. She tells it. She tells him, "Hey, use Midori. Use a branch from Midori, and that will be strong enough to break the wall, and then, or be strong enough to kill the the monster. And also, you should totally find the first person's leaf and turn it on, the memory leaf, because that would that's the one thing I could never do and and find anything out about. And I love learning stuff. So if you do that, then we'll talk. And and then they leave. Um. He goes back, he tells the group, you know, uh, Ritsu is upset because breaking a branch off her baby is upsetting, but it's just a little branch, and then it, it works. I, I read about this because it struck me as very strange that she would have such a reaction to it, and from what I read, it sounded like that was lethal, just not immediately. So Damaging the... Will yeah, die? for Midori. Yeah, Midori will die because of that, from what I understood from... From the hmm. reading I did. Yeah. Like if you actually damage the the base branch, the, the trunk, it doesn't recover. It's, it's my understanding. Uh, Even if it's something as small as breaking off just one limb. That would make sense to her reaction here, but it, it kinda is a little confusing for the ending. Where it's like, no, nah, it's still full powered. <laughs> but <Yeah>. anyway. <clears throat> um 
while they're leaving, he looks at Rin and he sees Rio, but then it's Rin again. And that's when it was basically like, okay, for sure, though, that they're inside. They, we see them fighting, and they've reached all the way to Island 10, and the bottom of the city is just crumbled into red fog, and they're literally like walking on building top to building top trying to get where they're going. They reach the end of the land, and they notice there's a floating structure in the sky with roots leading up to it, so that they're like, okay, well, that's the plan. From there, we should be able to get to the tree. So they stop, and they drink the last of their water. Now, the water tanks were never animated to show different water levels, so they showed it by volume of water tanks. They had three, then they were down to two, now they're down to the last <laughs> And they drank the last of the water, and she, she's like, she notices, uh, Rin notices her sisters aren't drinking. They're like, no, we're savoring it, dude. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, and then we have the really nice conversation between Rin and Ritsu about, you know, thank you for being the older sister. I mean, you literally were just the first person to wake up. There's no reason for you to take on that responsibility, but we all just put it on you anyway. I really liked that moment. I thought it was really touching. Um, they go to bed. Then they wake up, and Ritsu and Rina are like, hey, guys, bye. Peace out. We're not going with you. Remember, remember when we were savoring water? Tricked you. We didn't drink. We gave it to Midori and made more super-powered leaves for you to fight with, and we're just going to stay here. And we're going to go back. We're going to go back the way we came from. We'll be fine. Um, Rin is obviously upset, but he, her and Wakaba go start climbing up, and then... But they're Ritsu disappearing are, like the first Rina died. Right? They're, they're, their leaves are, are wilting, and and then they turn around like, God, those guys are idiots. They didn't even notice. <laughs> like there's a yeah. ton of red bugs right behind us that we're gonna have to fight and die. Oh, this is the worst. Um, this yeah, this was one of my favorite scenes. Now that I think about it, because it was just this sense of self-sacrifice that they gave was very well done, well scripted. Um, and Shiro stays behind with them. So, uh, they the other two. And Shiro climb turns into a Nushi. Yeah. yeah, just like like, boop, 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 like transformer. Yep. Transformer. Yep. <laughs> I want that Roomba. <laughs> uh, Rin and Wakaba go to the top of the structure. There's a blue tree that's keeping it up in the sky. Um, and then while there, they're like, "We're almost there," but hey, can I look at your memory leaf? Um, and they make and... it so uncomfortable too. I loved yeah. that. It was great. Yeah, because her whole thing has been like, "No, you can't touch my leaf." <laughs> I I won't be comfortable with that because she likes him. Um, so she finally lets him. He's all like rubbing her back, and she's all like, no. just, "Just hurry up!" Um, but he he does manage to unlock it, and but only she can see. Like he can see like through a tiny little window of the, on the leaf, but she's getting the movie 3D projection in her head. Um, so episode eleven is the whole backstory that we've pretty much already revealed. That you know, there's um, Wakaba was a researcher slash museum curator <laughs> uh, <laughs> building earth stuff and but what did you guys think of Riri the first person the cause and effect of all this it's I, I, I love the she caused it she committed to a path to do the best she could to rectify it and then she I love that the anime get you know obviously we're gonna get into that uh, the anime gives her the satisfaction of basically fixing her mistake. 
Um, I thought that was brilliant that it didn't fall on Wakaba or someone else came in to, you know, to, to do it, but that uh, Riri basically got the chance to do it. Um, but I did love this backstory and I thought Riri was a really great character to kind of represent all the red haired, haired girls uh, because she was this inquisitive, you know, I love Wakaba kind of character and uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought they did a really good job being consistent with her character and giving her good motivation for her choices too. Uh, because, you know, having essentially died and then been resurrected by Wakaba and, and losing her parents, being afraid of being alone, he's always gone at his job. And um, and so she's afraid of losing him permanently. And just the way things escalate, I understood the decisions that she made and they seemed within the spectrum of what a character like her would make. And her responses were naive and in a way the way that she tries to resolve it is a, is a naive approach to resolution that was really satisfying and interesting to see. Like you were saying, Jason, it made, it made sense that she did it, but at the same time, it's like, did you just, did you just kill yourself? Right. Like when you well, made these duplicates? Cause I don't see you anymore. You're gone. Well, this is uh, for me, like watching this happen was almost like watching someone go, Oh, this person works in a bio lab all the time. So if I create this thing that kills all the materials they work with, they won't have to work there anymore. But then they unwittingly make the zero patient and then the zombie apocalypse happens. Like, that's exactly like what happens you know, guys, here. This, this, I was thinking about this while you guys were talking about her. This is dead space. But set in a spaceship that's so beyond what anyone else has imagined before. It's basically like necromorphs taking over the ship. There's a plague. Everyone's dying. Uh, except for the spaceship was this weird 3D printing factory of, of Earth buildings. Right. Yep. There was only two characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love, I love that it seems that they've been together for a while, but like this is not Wakaba's kid, but mm-hmm. she just, came out of the water one day because he said the printing thing's not supposed to be able to make life. But obviously Midori spawned her somehow. Um, and she, you know, she, she has a affection for him, but then she splits up into adults and now she <laughs> loves him. I don't know. That was a, Oh, I, I like it, but I, it's a little weird. Well, I love the fact that part of her motivation for splitting into an adult is, oh no, I can't access the codes on this wall because I'm not an adult yet. I know, I'll go use this, my genius ability to manipulate these plants to turn myself into an adult. I should be, I should have redundancy. I'm going to make six and then there'll be a seventh one and I'm going to be the seventh one that's memory. And then, oh crap, I've started the process and I'm looking through the eyes and seeing that Wakaba's dead. I don't want to be memory. I'm just going to let myself disappear and wipe the wipe the diary. And I'm like, you just... You killed yourself in this entire process of, like, I, I need to be an adult to open this door, but I don't like what's <laughs> on the other side, so now I'm going to just die. 
So it's it's so weird, but at the same time, it's impulsive. It's what I would expect from a kid. I mean, yeah. After ten days of being alone, uh, yeah, you know, and, and the apocalypse is coming at your door. Eh, yeah, she went yeah. With every room. wall that she stood at, it it was getting broken through by the red mist. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Um. Yeah, and this is the part uh, for the for the audience. I reached out to Jeremy and Jason when I got done. I was like, okay, just want to make sure I understand what I just saw. And again, <laughs> every time we had the conversation with with each of you, I had to be like, hold on, let me go back. I I I think I'm remembering this quote wrong. And, and then you guys went back and rewatched it because nope. we all had different interpretations of what they were saying. Um, but it all makes sense and fits together. We were all very close in the same ballpark. We, I still have questions like, where did Yuri came from? I like the idea that like, maybe she had died in the lake and the ship had just sucked up her body and then <laughs> brought it back to life. Yep. Uh, but anyway, because he actually, the other theory is, is that the ship crashed on like a city. Like, <laughs> <laughs> She's the only survivor. <laughs> he just pulled her in. Well, well, because he mentions, you know, hey, do you want to go back to your people? Meaning earthlings. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. like, well, my parents are dead. So, and she said, I died once before, right? And so, like, her family's died seemingly recently. Did he just land the ship on someone's well, house? It, no, it seemed like parents, she was saying they worked from too overworking. hard. Yeah. Yeah. From what? Overwork. Overworking. Which is why she what? did. We, we don't she know. She never says. But that's why she did the whole thing she did. She was worried Wakaba would overwork and Wakaba. because he was smoking. Oh, her parents were slaves like... to the Martians. I love it. Possible. I love it. <laughs> we get one shot of the outside world, and it's literally just a week. <laughs> okay. Uh, after this, she actually wakes up from the vision, and she looks and she sees Wakaba is impaled by the root, and then uh, the next episode. By the way, and this is where the ending changed, and it started. It, it went back even further. It showed the the him and her, uh, and Riri together, and then she split into the five people, and then it goes to uh, just Rin and Wakaba are together, and then he fades away, and then it's just Rin, and then it goes into Rin waking up from the vision and seeing Wakaba stab, and I was yeah. like, "Holy crap, that's so cool!" Yeah. <laughs> and, it's a little bit of a cheat because I'm like, oh, you killed Wakaba off screen and used the end credits to tell me, which I thought was awesome. But then, okay, so in the next episode, she's like, hits him. He's like, I had a Midori touching yeah. where he impaled me. I'm fine. I'm all good now. <laughs> I have the magic bring me to life leaf. <laughs> well, yeah, I was worried for him. And then I was like, oh, that's right. They've got a bunch of Midori. <laughs> yeah. He's just going to get healed anyways. Uh, but yep. what had what had happened is when she was in the vision, he had noticed the red root coming for them. He had tried to draw it away, and it had snuck. He had built a uh, barrier around himself, and it snuck up into the ground, and he got impaled. So they start fighting it. Um, he actually gets that big access panel on the ground, starts trying to control it. That doesn't work. He gets like access denied, and I think it's because mm-hmm. only Riri can now access it because she's the one who made it. Is what I'm assuming. Or he was not uh, Kemerukusa before, and now that he's been printed by Midori, now he is Kemerukusa, so now he can't control it. I really don't think he is, because I think he would need more water. Oh, I didn't uh, know Well, he doesn't have a leaf. 
Yeah, he doesn't have a leaf. He doesn't require water like they do. I don't. I I think he's well, yeah. He's I guess flesh that, blood. that theory doesn't work because the, Riri could use it. So, um, well, I, we gotta keep going. Okay. Uh, he saves her and he gets crushed. So then she's given uh, Midori's branch by <laughs> Ritsu and Rina. Apparently they're still alive. Yeah, they walked up <laughs> yep. one of those little ball things with now has ears on it. Um, and brought the branch to them, and they are still fighting. Um, and they're basically like, okay, this is our last stand, but let's give her that branch. She uses it to start fighting the red tree, loses an arm, loses a leg, is losing the fight. The three other sisters appear and are like, hi, we got you. And they use some freaking crazy powers. Yeah. But again, to call, to call up the animation, I get it, it was low budget. But at one point, one of the girls makes like this yellow slide, like an Iceman slide. And they literally just grabbed the character model and like moved it up in the yeah, sky. It didn't move at all. And I was <laughs> like, oh, that's rough, man. That is a rough animation. Yeah. Or or when yeah. she when Rin jumps in the air, it's just like her in like this like mm. pose. Oh. And then they just like straight line. Like, no arc to it. She's not moving yeah. it at all. It's just character model straight line. This fight yeah. pushed their animation to the limit, and it really showed. And, and that, that's, you know, I, they, I think they did the best they could. And so I, I don't really hold it against them. But if I am judging this compared to, like, Shield Hero, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of uh, motion that's the most. What, what did you guys think about the change in the Red Tree's design? Like, when we first see it, it's this big towering tree i didn't see any kind of weird skeletal and then, thorax and then it grows like ribs and arms and lasers uh-huh. and... yeah I, I thought those were just nushi that had come to help and i'm like oh no it grew arms <laughs> yeah. yeah i i didn't like it because it took away from the plant likeness that it was mm-hmm. and also when she made it it didn't have malice it was just an out of control genome it didn't have evil intent Right, it's just doing its yep. function. Yeah, this yep. this made it as if it was a villain, and I I didn't like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Anyway, they they all work together and manage to finish it off. Um, and Wakaba is okay, obviously, because he again he had he had Midori branch in his pocket, which I yeah. apparently would always carry in my pocket if possible. <laughs> yes. Um, and then yeah, the other car Midori. <laughs> the episode ends with this. Oh, they get told uh, Ritsu calls. He's like, "Hey, we're also fine, and we're not dying of water at this moment, so no rush." But, <laughs> but this Rin's moment. Like, and then they go back to Rin, and Rin's like, "Yeah, but there is no water, so we are going to die. But let's just sit here, I guess." And then they notice there's a big crack in the wall of light, and um, then the episode ends and credits. After the credits, they go to the Wall of Light, and they're like, oh my god, that we're outside the spaceship, and there's a lake literally right there, so we're fine. And this she turns, get, gotta say <laughs> oh, the yeah, final yeah. line, she turns yep. to him and says, I love you, and that's the end. Which is, so, and she smiles. And smile. the crying was the most cringy animation I think I've ever seen in a CG anime ever. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, um, yeah, I love you was yeah. very touching, even though yeah. she's technically a little girl. That's weird. It is. But also, she... we had an adult. I don't, okay, know, we... I don't know how long they lived, right? 
No, okay, so I, I wanted to speak Jason there. I 100% do not think Rin is a little girl in a grown woman's body. Rin, and she specifically said this in the fight, this is not what Riri wants, this is what I want. I am my own person. Yeah. I'm established. Uh, she establishes herself as her own identity. This is not like Shield Hero, where we literally saw a little girl get turned into an adult. This is a new person was born. Riri died. Rin is a different person who just happens to ha- carry along some of the feelings from before. Okay. Uh, any, <laughs> any other thoughts on the ending? Because we have Sounds one like special. Sounds like he's shipping them. I say we get straight to the <laughs> after bonus. Okay. So, one. Jeremy found something, and if you do not want to know about it, if you have not seen it, it's it's twelve point one. It's an epilogue to the epilogue. Um, and so, spoiler section for that. Uh, should we do reviews first so people can turn us off? Yeah, let's do yeah, that. Let's, let's, yeah, let's end. So, Jeremy, you you you, uh, you picked it. What's your review? Um, I got to give it a four out of five. I want to give it a five, but I really can't look past how frustrating uh, Wakaba's introduction was and also the, the change they made with the red tree. Um, I really don't like that decision and just the animation in general. And I, w- I would say those things are my nitpicks for this. If it had better animation, I could probably have overlooked the other two things. Um, and again, like you were saying earlier, I don't want to, I don't want to be too hard on them because of, you know, it's budget concerns. But at the same time, I would want to see animation improve, not get worse. So I'm going to make sure that, you know, if, if I'm throwing my opinion out there, I'm, I'm going to hope for better animation. So four out of five. Good. Jason, how about you? Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, the animation was definitely uh, hurt it. Wakaba's whining. Uh, but, man, that story was so good. Um, and the world, the, I, I definitely want to know more about the world. Um, the character development was pretty shallow. Um, except for Rin, uh, which felt fairly standard. So for me, I'd give it a three. I'm really torn. See, I'm going to give it a three, but it's a very low three. Like, this is almost a two. Uh, but I feel like I'd insult Jeremy if I gave it a two, and I don't want to. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, then you definitely die, too. Okay. It, it's, it is a great concept and, and such amazing use of imagination and world building. The characters I don't feel are very well developed. Um, as far as actual plot pacing and stuff, I was bored through most of it. It was only when we we're getting to big reveals that I was, I'd get to the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, I want to know what's going on. And then we'd be back to just train travel and finding a wheel for the train. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Um, and the animation is rough. <laughs> it's really rough. I don't even like, like the Knights of Sidonia animation. I'm like, man, this is a little rough. They could, they, I, prefer this a little bit better and then this is like okay this is just made like an ms paint what is going on <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but that not, that's not the only factor that matters south park was literally made with paper mache or you know paper cutouts and it's it's still working. so i'll give it a three because i was entertained there's just a lot of being bored in are you not scene. entertained <laughs> okay and then just real quick our next anime is Demon Slayer, the first 13 episodes. Uh, we're going to be watching the first season. Um, I'm really, speaking of animation, every shot I've seen of this has, has blown me away. So I'm really I'm really hoping the plot holds up <laughs> with, with that. So we'll see. Um, 
And okay, so Twitter at Baka Podcast, email the anime Baka Club at gmail.com and comment if you can find this podcast. Awesome. Smash now, that like button, subscribe. Okay, Everything. so now, spoiler, spoiler section, okay? We're going to reveal the secret extra ending that Jeremy found on YouTube. So if you have not seen it, uh, we will try to post a link for it on our Twitter. So, Jeremy, you'll have to make sure I have that. Sure. Um, so I'll send that on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Spoiler, spoiler. So turn off the podcast if you don't want to know. Jeremy, what happens in this? Okay, so at the end of episode 12, not the end end, but when we see the three sisters fade out for the last time, right? They came in, they helped Rin, and they, they did their thing, and that was their one chance that they had to exist in this real world, and then they're gone, according to Rio. Uh, and they start to fade and everything, and as they're fading, they say, um, wow, what is this place? That leaf is so big, and nothing in the environment fits what they're saying. None of it makes sense. And then they just fade. But I noticed it, but I was like, eh. I've been confused by a lot of things. <laughs> and uh, and so um, on Reddit, somebody posted uh, a link to Twitter where this 12.1, like, two-minute thing happened. And I guess this is, like, a common thing for this director or studio to do this. Um, and so this 12.1 starts with the three of them in a, a massive, like, white area, basically the exact opposite of, of the atmosphere of where they were when they were fading away. And there's buildings, looks like they're being printed off in the distance or a partially printed state. And they're saying, wow, what is this place? Wow, look at that leaf. Basically saying the same thing. Uh, the words are almost exactly the same. And they, they talk about the place a little bit and wander around and, and they don't know what's going on. And then... Um, Somebody shows up, we see their their shoe, and Jason noticed that it's got like a weird, looks like maybe it was recently printed. It's got a little bit of, of interesting blue tones to it and stuff. And uh, and it, the next shot we get, it shows that it's original Wakaba uh, who who died and the had the plants coat. grow out of him. The lab, the lab coat, coat and everything. And that's it. And Well, and he, he, he makes it sound like he doesn't know who he is. Or who they are. Either. Yeah, or yeah. who they are. Like another amnesic Wakaba. Mm -hmm. Or at least one that never met them. Right. Yeah. So, I remember when I finished, I was like, it'd be really cool if they had a way of continuing this and set it up for another season. And, and I was thinking, like, if like a branch of the Red Tree had survived, and now that it's exposed to Earth, like, the oh. red bugs start coming down to Earth, and we're gonna see that. Uh, but then taking it to, like, uh, the Matrix, <laughs> there's a Matrix in the Matrix level, right? <laughs> is what this feels like. Like, oh, everything you thought you knew, that was just the illusion, man. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> when they uh, died, did they go into the memory leaf? I don't know. Or, or, but one of them mentioned something, uh, like, someone had said there was a recreator, and I guess that's why we're here. And that's that made anime. <laughs> But that, okay, obviously I'm not quoting it directly, but that made me think of like Riri coming back to life and Wakabo coming back to life. And maybe, maybe there is something on the ship that if it finds a dead body, it's just like, no, 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 reset. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like death. Um, well, there's a, there's a moment where Riri's getting ready and she's like spreading out her, when we look at the flashback, she's spreading out those, uh, Kamurikura, uh, whatever. 
those leaves. leaves. She's spreading out those smoke leaves out on the table, <laughs> all the different colors. And she says, these leaves haven't decided that they want to be a person yet. And that was another thing that I was like, I don't understand this world. Like, is it a leaf? Can it be a person? Is it a person? What's going on? So it, when you are a Kamerikura, whatever, whatever, and you die, is this what happens? You go back to like the the primordial state of the existence of these Kamerikura Do you think they, they germinated and this is like the next, like they're blooming again and it recreates them? That would be interesting. So this is later in time and they've germinated and grown back up and then been reproduced or something. Yeah. The, the problem is we're just, we're missing so much information Yeah, that we can pontificate about it, but I don't think we can come to any solidified answers. That's the best kind of pontificating. <laughs> That's no literally core. why Jeremy loves this anime so much. Yes. He hasn't called it out yet, but the fact that there are no answers and Love tons that. of possibilities yes. is jammed. That With is the why great this world. Is yeah. Wow. Yep. All right, uh, then I think we're ready to say goodbye. All righty. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah, good night. <laughs>